We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey Chargers fans, this is the Guilty as Charged podcast where we discuss all things related to the Los Angeles Chargers. We are available on all podcast platforms including Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or review. We do really appreciate the positive feedback. Make sure and follow us on social media including our Patreon account where as little as $1 gains you access to cool things like jersey giveaways and film breakdowns. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey Chargers fans, welcome in to another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. Uh, another week, another creative way for this team to figure out how to lose games, uh, just falling just short. You know, they had two chances right at the goal line to, uh, to get a much needed victory over the Raiders, but couldn't ultimately do it. Um, as always happy to be joined by Alex and Tyler, Tyler, we'll start with you. How you doing, man? Uh, this one hurt a little bit more than every other week. I try to, you know, football's priority five or six, you know, in my life, at least watching football because, I really don't have any influence over it, but you know, it is still a big part of our lives. And I'm not going to lie when, when I thought when they ruled Parham caught that touchdown, I got emotional because it was like, Oh my God, they needed this win. And it was Herbert's first comeback win and the charger season may be alive, you know, shoot. And then they ruled it uh incomplete pass or drop ball, whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah, I'm just pretty deflated. It's the point where, you know, I was so excited when they when I thought they won and then so defeated when I found out they they, they they didn't win. It almost feels embarrassing. Like, I'm not even just embarrassed because of like any other loss. I'm embarrassed because I felt like they had this and I felt like I could finally just release that. Like, oh, my gosh, they won and they lost. So I'm, I'm, I'm upset and I'm, I feel almost embarrassed even though I didn't even play the game. 
Yeah, I, I totally feel the same way. What about you, Alex? How you doing, man? I actually feel a little bit better. I don't know. Not better. Better than last week, because last week felt like, holy fuck, we're doing this shit again uh, with blowing 16-point leads and that whole thing. But this week felt bad, but they were also in the position they were in um, kind of because of the defense and, you know, because of what they had done for three quarters prior. So, you know, I, it, it was a good rally. Um, obviously Herbert looked pretty awesome, uh, the whole game, but, you know, just came up, uh, short, but I honestly don't feel like I feel as offended at this loss because the Raiders are just kind of the better team. And, uh, I mean, at this point, so yeah, I, I get why this loss felt hard, but I honestly thought the last couple come from behind or, you know, blown lead losses felt worse. Yeah, I I guess I understand that point. And, you know, a loss to the Raiders is just it always hurts, man, because, you know, the Raiders are are the one they're the one NFL team that I have truly always hated my entire life. You know, everybody talks about like what the Patriots have done and stuff like that. But for me, it's always been the Raiders. I know, uh, you know, that's not the same for everybody. But last week, I still feel like last week hurt more because the Broncos were an inferior team or are an inferior team. And we saw what they did in Atlanta today. And you know, that should have been what the Chargers were able to do. Um, so let's dive into this game. And, you know, for me, I'll start. I think my biggest takeaway is that this defense is going to be so bad that Tom Telesco is going to not draft an offensive lineman early as he should because the defense is so bad. And for me, you know, there's X's and O's adjustments. And a lot of people are going to be mad at Gus Bradley today. And I'm not saying that he's perfect. But stopping the run is not about X's and O's. Stopping the run is about lining up against the Raiders' backup offensive linemen and saying, you know what, I'm going to be better than you are today. And the Chargers were not until, you know, credit to them. They finally stepped up on the last couple drives and were able to hold the Raiders. But this Raiders' offensive lineman was down three starters and three very good starters. Colton Miller, Trent Brown, uh, Richie Incognito are three very good linemen. And they punched the Chargers right in the mouth and it took the Chargers three and a half quarters to finally figure out and step up and and get some stops and you know a lot of people are going to talk about what KJ Hill did in in the punt situation and and Anthony Lynn's clock management and we'll certainly get to those but to me the story of the day is this defense did not show up and it took them three and a half quarters to finally figure out to you know and this is was across the board you know Linval Joseph played bad Melvin Ingram played bad you know, Jerry Tillery had the sack, but in the run game, he played bad. Kenneth Murray was apparently benched in the middle of the game, according to Daniel Popper. Where was Denzel Perriman? Where was Kaiser White? No one on this defense played well until the very end when Nasir Adderley almost had an interception, which obviously would have helped out. But to me, the story of today is that the Raiders lined up, punched the Chargers in the mouth, and the Chargers defense essentially, you know, it, it looked like they gave up out there. Until the fourth quarter, they're averaging nine yards a carry which is just despicable to me. And it was the effort was just a disgrace today, in my opinion. No, I completely agree. And it reminds me a lot of the Carolina game where the Carolina came into that game and we thought, oh my gosh, you know, after watching the Chargers just destroy the Chiefs, a much better offensive line the week prior, you know, Carolina missing so many starters. And it just looked like Carolina had just wanted it more. They had more attitude. They were more physical and just pushed, you know, good defensive linemen back, including Bosa. Uh, just a 
that was a tough one. I mean, nobody, nobody really came to play today on this defense. I mean, you expect going into the season or this game, maybe not this game because we've seen a little bit more, but, you know, maybe Casey Hayward can pull through. Melvin Ingram, you know, some of these vet guys who have been shown to be really good in the past and and nobody really did. Um, it should have been worse if the Raiders had probably run for it on third and two instead of throwing it deep to whoever they did. And I can understand kind of why they would throw it deep because they were roasting the Chargers deep too. Um, but if they had gone for it on one third and two and just and just ran the ball because they'd be getting, you know, nine, six, four, nine, eight, you know, the entire drive, the game probably would have been a blown out. They would have just run to the end zone. You know, I don't think this game would have been as close, but because they stopped them, the game was a little bit closer. So, yeah, this whole run defense needs to get figured out. I don't know what happened to Murray. I don't remember him doing anything that was completely benchable. But I guess I'll have to go back and watch because I wasn't really paying attention. Also, Daniel Popper brought up that he was benched. So I have I have no idea what happened there. But, yep, nobody really stepped up today until the very end. And it was, you know, valiant effort at the end, like you said, but too little too late. Uh, Devontae Booker played like he was Devin Booker uh, today. He... He just running downhill <laughs> and every play was seven plus yards. Like it, it was just gross. Um, and you know, as, as Steven said, the run defense is a lot of it is about effort uh, as opposed to, you know, finding some X and O or some bad scheme. Like it, the chargers don't have anyone who can really reliably. Um, I mean, other than Joseph, but even he didn't look that great today um, when it came to stopping the run. So the Chargers really don't have anyone who can reliably stop the run, and that's a problem, and the pass rush is just awful. Um, and it's it's been awful for uh, kind of a while. And I, I tweeted before the game, hey, if you can, you know, Cold Miller, Trent Brown are out. You know, if you can't get pressure on card this game, um, and, and the Raiders have, have been struggling with containing pressure the last couple weeks against Tampa Bay uh, and against Chicago, and this week they just can't get any pressure. I, I don't think they had a sack, no. Uh, don't think they did on the stat sheet. So it was just um, terrible effort in the run game uh, until late, terrible effort in the pass game until late. But by the time they were making stops, it was already 30 points on the board for the Raiders. You know, like they've been giving up every single week. And, you know, you have uh, Rayshon getting burned. You have Casey getting burnt by Hunter Renfro. Uh, <laughs> Derek Carr uh, passed, but it it was just kind of a mess all game. Uh, I'll give some credit to Nasir Adderley. Uh, I think he, he played better today, had that huge stop on Darren Waller, yeah. good tackles. Um, but other than that, I can't really think of a single player on the defense other than maybe Tiller reforcing that fumble before the half. Uh, I can't think of a really single defensive performance that stands out as, as being good and that's just where the secondary is. Obviously, Murray got benched at the second level, and defensive line can't get any pressure. So that's just kind of where we're at right now, which <laughs> has been my opening phrase for the last couple of weeks on the pod, which is kind of where we're at right now. So great. Yeah, so Jerry's uh, force fumble, does, oh, it was okay. a sack. So that was their one sack of the day. Um, you know, this defense had zero tackles for loss. Not a single one. That means that the Raiders were getting positive yards on every single run. And, you know, you head into a game, and it's not like they had a ton of yards running. They only had 160 yards rushing, which, I mean, it's a lot. But it's not, you know, like the Chargers ran for 200 yards last week. It's the fact that they were getting six, seven yards on every single run. 
And Derek Carr only had 13 completions. And they scored 31 points. Like, this defense was so bad today. And someone needs to step up. And I know everybody kind of hated on Thomas Davis last year. But I guarantee you that if Thomas Davis were on this team, they probably win. Because Thomas Davis, at the end of the day... He is, you know, an explosive veteran leader and he would be able to, he's not taking this kind of effort. And, you know, Melvin Ingram, where are you? Uchenna Nwosu, where are you? Someone on this defense needs to step up and say, you know what? Enough is enough. As much as I like Joey Bosa, I don't know if he's that kind of vocal leader, but, you know, with his play, maybe he gets someone fired up. But at, at the end of the day, someone on this team needs to man up and say enough is enough. We can't keep giving up 31-point games, 30-point games to, you know, 13 completions from the quarterback and you give up 31 points? This defensive effort was unacceptable today. And I said I wasn't like super mad at Gus Bradley, but this needs to be the final straw. You cannot give up 31 points to the Raiders and give up 13 completions. Like this what this needs to be the last straw for Gus Bradley's coaching career in Los Angeles. Something needs to change. No, you shouldn't need you shouldn't need a halftime, you know, Melvin Ingram speech or whatever it was to get fired up to go kick the shit out of the Raiders at home. You know why it, it just looked like honestly this game I thought was over in the third quarter and the team just didn't look like they gave a shit at least on defense. I saw the offense trying you know, I yeah. saw those guys trying to work their ass off. And, you know, I, I get that Pipkins was beat, you know, but I don't really expect a lot from him. But the rest of the guys, you know, they, they they were trying. Like, this offense is fucking pouring their hearts out every week for this team. You know, that make that a Cole Toner. Or, you know, some hard runs by Kalen Ballage, you know, who expected that one? You know, these guys are trying so hard. And it's just, uh, you're right. It, it, it really is the final straw. If the lack of effort is, is stemming from the coaching you know, for whatever reason, or the fact that they've given up on their coach or whatever you want to call it. If you can't even get your team fired up to beat the, to go play the Raiders, I mean, burn it all. Like, and, and honestly, I don't think, you know, it says, um, Daniel Popper said Murray was benched for communication issues or whatever. But if there's a guy on your defense who isn't contributing because he doesn't, doesn't look like he wants to be out there, bench him. I don't give a shit at this point. Belichick wouldn't put up with that. You know, if you're if you don't not out there and you don't want to go beat up the Raiders and you're just getting pushed around and you're soft, despite the fact that we know you have talent, get the fuck out of here. So, yeah, this this really should be the end for Bradley. We expected, I mean, we anticipated that the you know the Raiders would do pretty well against the Chargers. Um, we did say that if the you know, if the Chargers gave up another thirty something points, Bradley should be gone. They did. Um, not that the special teams did him any favors, but yeah, this this really should be the end for Bradley. Giving up thirty points again. No lack of, you know, or excuse me, a lack of effort on defense um, and energy. And yeah, should be the last straw and uh, should be the first one to go. It should be the end of Brash uh, for Bradley, but it's probably not going to be uh, just, I mean, that's just the situation right. we're in. You know, there's been reporting about Ken Wisenhunt last year and the play on the field, not necessarily being what was his final straw with the Chargers. So I don't think Wisenhunt will be fired, even though it's become apparent he should be. Um but yeah, as much as we've we've been piling on Wizard Hunt for weeks, I mean, at this point. Uh, but at some point, you know, as much as we want to talk Wizard Hunt and Lynn and, you know, those guys have been really bad, particularly for the last month or so. Uh, it A lot of it, you know, does come down to X's and O's, but it's all about uh, effort, as you guys were saying. And if, you know, Murray's having communication and effort issues, you know, that's basically 
the whole second level of your defense, so you're screwed there. And, you know, Casey and uh, Rayshon continue kind of the season that they're having, which is, you know, just struggling all the time. So um, I think Gus Bradley should be fired. I, I don't know what that will change uh, at the end of the day. So it's it's just a tough position to be in when, you know, it's one thing when you're getting effort from the players and, you know, it's just the designs and schemes aren't good. But honestly, I'm not even seeing the effort or the skill from the players, uh, particularly on the defense, uh, showing to the point where I go, you know, this is a real coaching issue. This is a coaching issue, but this is also uh, absolutely 100% a player issue when I can point out maybe two or three guys on the defense that I thought had an okay game. Yeah, you know, you you tweeted out, <laughs> I'm again asking the <laughs> secondary to have a good game, and, you know, you're also an Eagles fan. You know, J- uh, Nelson Aguilar played for the Eagles. Uh, I have to ask you, what were your thoughts when Aguilar scored that um, touchdown today? At that moment through my head, and, it, you know, I wasn't thinking anything rational. I, w- <laughs> I wanted to tweet, cut Casey Hayford. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was just so, so bad, that touchdown. That should have just been easily defended. And, of course, Carr puts it in a perfect position. Uh, I, I just was – I don't know. I mean, part of it also – going back to like Aguilar is he's had a bit of a resurgence because uh, they're sort of putting him on the outside now as opposed to the slot. And so, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him in terms of, you know, he's having a change of scenery, uh, but also fuck him. Cause where the fuck is this in Philadelphia, man? Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Just, it, it, it's one thing if it was rugs and Waller beating you all game, but for right. it to be Aguilar right. and, and Renfro, just like, running these routes and just like burning dudes it it was just like and and that's not to say that they're bad Renfro is is a good route runner and and so is Aguilar but you know last week at least you know hey you're getting beat by Jerry Judy uh you're you know you're getting beat by you know some of those guys who can run pretty good routes this week you know you're going against Carr beating you with his arm and he only had to beat you with his arm 13 times (laughs) so it it just goes back to that thing so you know, if if Carr only has to throw 13 completions to beat you uh, and you give up, you know, big plays on large portions of those completions, that's that's just what uh, it kind of came down to at the end of the game. And uh, it's it just the secondary is just really terrible. Uh, I, I don't know what the long term fix is. I mean, I know they're missing Derwin James and Chris Harris and that shows. But, I you know, we. we there's been a lot of chatter about drafting a corner in the first or second rounds and, and doing that. And that feels like at this point, it's almost like needed because they just, this is a, a bigger issue than Derwin James or Chris Harris. This is uh, just everyone on the defense, uh, particularly the secondary, just uh, effort issues, just coverage issues. It's, it's really bad. It is really bad. And I thought Michael Davis played okay. You know, he wasn't the one getting burned weirdly, but you know, I, I tweeted out that, you know, Nelson Aguilar really, like Hunter Renfro really, and people were like, well, Casey Heward always struggles with burners. And it's like, <laughs> okay, but it's Nelson Aguilar and yeah, Hunter Henry Renfro. Yeah, is a burner. Nelson Aguilar, not a burner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Casey Hayward needs to be able to stop those guys. Yep. And, you know, we are all big fans of Casey Hayward. But, you know, outside of the Denver game, he really hasn't played well this year. 
You know, he won player of the week against Cincinnati because he had 12 <laughs> tackles as a corner, but that's not really a good thing. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, the long-term fix, you know, they're going to have to rebuild this defense on the fly. I don't, I don't, you know, I was having this conversation with my wife and it's like, it, it's so clear that they need to draft offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And that was blatantly obvious today. As soon as Brian Belaga mm. left the game yep. on the second play, because Jonathan Abrams, fuck you, Jonathan Abrams. I can't stand your head hunting ass. <laughs> um, runs into his back. And then Trey Pipkins comes in and makes Max Crosby look like a, he made him look like Joey Bosa. Yeah. He really did. And just like last year, like they, yeah. And last year, Trent Scott, thank you as well. Um, like it's so clear that they need to draft offensive linemen, but they're not going to because this defense is awful. And with a mobile quarterback, they'll talk themselves into kind of, you know, scheming around it again. And they only had two sacks today, I think. Let me make sure. Yeah, they had two sacks. So they'll look at it and be like, yeah, like this is fine. We'll just draft a bunch of defensive guys. Or, you know, to my worst nightmare, they'll draft <laughs> a receiver in the first round again. Like, man, this this is just – it's frustrating, man. And, you know, I have always tried to be an optimistic guy. And, you know, I put that YouTube video out of, of trying to pump out some optimism. But this this team just – their defense is bad. Their coaching is bad. Their special teams unit is bad. The only thing going well for this team is this offense continues to perform when it really shouldn't. And, you know, Justin Herbert made another leap forward today. He was checking things at the line and doing all these good things. But it's just wasted because special teams sucks. Defense sucks. Coaching sucks. And I'm just frustrated, man. I, I just – I am at a loss for words right now at, at how to fix this Positives. problem. How about that Gabe Neighbors versatility? I mean, you know, he got that touchdown. Uh, <laughs> shove it up your ass, Alex. I don't need that right now. Honestly, take a big old 40 and shove it until you taste a jersey. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, good for him. Yeah, good for him, yeah. It looks like he got a new tattoo as well. I don't know if anybody Honestly, else noticed that. But uh, other takeaways: um, Kalen Balaj might be the second best running back on the team. <laughs> yeah, dude. This this was weird. I mean, we had the Devontae Booker breakout and the Kalen Balaj breakout, and you know, I don't I don't know. You know, we had Troy uh, Tremaine Pope last week, Kalen Balaj this week. You know, this running game is weirdly uh, humming on all cylinders right now. And again, Balaga left early, and it's it didn't really matter. Yeah, 15 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. And two balls for 15 yards. Yep, didn't see that one coming. No. No. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. And Justin Jackson, I think he only played Man, like two plays. So this was weird. Um, Let's talk about this special teams, though. Um as much as we like to go through and just hurt ourselves. So today, you know, they missed a field goal mm-hmm. would have been nice to have. Yep. Uh, they had a penalty on punt as a false start and they had the must punt. I would be kind of scared to go and fire George Stewart because he just seems like such a nice guy, but man, this, this special teams unit is horrendous. They're terrible. And look, I do have to preface, you know, the fact that they, this, I'm going to say that they suck by saying that, you know, the Chargers let go a lot of guys that are responsible for, you know, kick yeah. coverage, punt coverage. The Chargers, you know, had a player lead the league in special team tackles for three years in a row. And then this year, they don't. I don't, I don't know who it is. 
Um, so a lot of these guys are gone. So I get that it is very difficult, but still a false start on a punt, you know, muffing the punt, which again continues to be an issue no matter who they put back there. Um, what else? Oh, the missed field goals. I mean, oh, so um, what's his name? Michael Peterson just, just tweeted out that Badgley has given up or left about 14 points on the board so far. And considering you're losing by, you know, three, by five, by whatever, 14 points. I mean, if, look, if he makes a field goal, um, it's, a you know, they kick a field goal to end that game and win if, if he makes it. You know, if Hill doesn't muff that punt, the Raiders don't kick a field goal, the Chargers kick a field goal at the end and win. It's just, it's, I mean, it's bad. And it, it is sad that they would have to fire him. Um, I, I don't. I guess you guys can talk me in or out of it, whether they actually fire him if Lynn stays on. Lynn seems like a guy who would keep him around. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's just time because there are too many things. Like I get, if, if your kicker is just missing, but the rest of your special teams unit is okay, you just have a kicking problem. But it's clearly a everyone's got our problem and it's rough. So yeah, time for him to go as well. Yeah, to me, I, I think when it comes to the Bradley and Stewart issues, those are all resolved or changed with the Lytton hiring, or, you know, keeping him for next year or he's fired, right? Uh, that changes depending on that. So um, at that point, you know, I, I don't really think either of them is going to be fired, even though <laughs> I think it's pretty clear they should be. Uh, but yeah, Badgley, I mean... What does this team have to lose from cutting Badgley at this point? I mean, you know, he's been ass all season, uh, missing, you know, whatever, 50-yard field goal in a dome and a field goal before that, an extra point. And, uh, it, it's just been kind of a nightmare with him. And, uh, you know, I brought this up earlier in the year. I don't know if this is from his injury last year, if he has the yips. I, I, I really don't know what it is with him. It, at, at this point, it feels like it has to be a confidence mental thing. Uh, KJ Hill muffing the punt. Uh, you know, Desmond King still uh, resides with this team, uh, mentally, right. I guess, when it comes to the special teams, at least. So, uh, oh, and that was great. He had a return touchdown just to give us a good old fuck you today. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, as you said, the, the penalties, uh, we, we've seen the special teams penalties uh, stack up you know, kind of over and over again, um, you know, over uh, over the course of the season. So I, I don't really know what to do with the special teams unit at this point. I think it's pretty clear that if Lynn's gone, both Bradley and Stewart are going to be gone, even though theoretically they should be fired midseason. Uh, you know, I at this point, at least if you want to do kind of a, you know, move to fix the team now, I mean... Got Badgley. Bring someone else in. Like I, I don't know what this team has to lose. They've fired specialists uh, mid-season forty-two times before right. on Lynn. So yeah. yeah, I mean, right. We've seen Caleb Sturgis, Young Way Koo. Young Way Koo was given a much shorter leash than gave up on the know, Asian. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I, yeah. So I mean, Caleb Sturgis, Nick Rose, whatever. I mean, all of well, these. Please guys. don't bring those guys in though. Uh, <laughs> no, me, absolutely don't not. Those, <laughs> don't bring those guys in, but uh, yeah. Um, I don't know, like, at this point, you know, and I know Hauschka has been playing poorly recently, but what I, I, I just want to see another guy yeah. in there, frankly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter who you bring in. You could bring in fucking, I don't know, uh, 
Adam Vinatieri and just throw him in and see what he does. I don't care. <laughs> just get a guy and just put him in. Because it's like, it's at a point where it's just like, you're not going to get anything from Badgley. Fuck it. Let Ty Long kick it. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, honestly. Uh, do something. Because it's like, I, I get, they're not going to fire the coordinators till the end of the season. They're not going to fire Lynn till the end of the season. So if you want to do something on special teams, just try something else at kicker. Because it's clear that Badgley just doesn't have it this year. <laughs> Leaving 14 points on the board is, is just unacceptable. Especially when you have a point differential of minus six. Yeah, those 14 yeah. points would help a lot. And, you know, honestly, like bringing in a punter and letting Ty Long kick, like, I don't hate that idea. Yeah. And, you know, if there's no good kickers, you know, mix it up and let just let Ty kick. I, I'm looking up, I'm looking at Michael Badgley's profile page on, on ESPN right now. So he, in 2018, he missed one field goal. In 2019, he missed three field goals. In 2020, he's missed four field goals. So he's regressing. I know he was hurt last year, but he's regressing. And then you add in the extra point misses, which obviously do not help. He's tied for 26th in the league in field goal percentage and tied for 26th in the league with extra point percentage. You can't win. Like, I hate on kickers. Like, you know, kickers are kickers. You have one job. But you can't win games when your kicker is the 26th best kicker in the league, especially when you have him nicknamed the Money Badger, which I hate. <laughs> Again, Jack Boys also needs yep. to go. That nickname is so stupid now. And, uh, you know, nicknames need to be retired forever. So, you know, I, I don't know enough about special teams to really comment on, you know, if firing George Stewart right now makes a difference. But, you know, I'm so sick of talking about coaches being fired. Like, something needs to change. And, you know, I, I don't know if, if the Chargers lose next week. I'm not talking about firing coaches. I'm just I, for my own sanity. I can't do it anymore. Something needs to change tomorrow morning. I'm not saying you fire everybody, man, but like something has to change. I, I don't know how else to put it. No, I uh, totally agree with you. And special teams has you know been a problem since uh, the last presidential administration, and now we're entering a new one. So is it ever <laughs> going to be fixed? I don't fucking know. Um, but that's just uh, that's just where we're at with it. Um, I I would be fine totally with firing Bradley uh, and firing uh, Stewart. Um, I, personally, I think you keep Steichen and you keep Pep Hamilton because those have been the only two people in the coaching staff who seem to know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just tough to watch the coaching and the same and also new things that happen every week that end up fucking up the game. It's just. How about the second bullshit offensive pass interference call of the year? Yeah, the one on Guy, and that was so stupid. Even my, my dad's a Raiders fan. He's like, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like how then on, like, they missed a, a pick play on Henry, and I was like, okay, like, <laughs> I guess it kind of makes up. But So I, I guess the next thing that I want to talk about really is just you know Shane Sykin in general. I thought he did a fantastic job mm-hmm. today. You know, they were more aggressive today. They went for it on a couple fourth downs and got them. Um, I, you know, I would have loved to see the play calls at the end differently. You know, I'm very anti goal line fade. I understand what you're doing, trying to throw it to a six, eight tight end. And I understand what you're doing, trying to throw it to Mike Williams. Uh, someone brought this up to me today on Twitter and maybe, you know, they promoted Shane Steichen last year. Maybe they should promote him again this year. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, shit. I mean, 
if anyone's doing their job right now, it is Steichen. If anyone's getting better, it is Steichen. You know, if anyone's making sure that their players are ready to go and developing and has a good plan, a good plan and can adjust, it is Steichen. That's a good point, Stephen, or whoever brought it up to you. Yeah, <laughs> I I can't remember. I want to say it was uh, I want to say it was Craig Smith. I can't remember. Good job, Craig. Anyways, <laughs> if you're listening to this and it was you, please uh, let me know. But. I didn't think that was a terrible idea. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I tweeted out that firing coaches midseason doesn't really do anything. But, you know, what do you have to lose at this point? Promote Shane Steichen to head coach. You know, uh, the, the Cleveland Browns a couple of seasons ago did a clean sweep of their head coach and coordinator. You know, what do you have to lose? Promote Shane Steichen to head coach. Give Miles or give Smith a chance, a defensive coordinator. You know, I, I just you're two and six like. This is the worst case scenario for the season. None of us thought that we would be here sitting at two and six, especially with the quarterback play being about as good as we possibly could have hoped. So why not? Yeah, I think the two and six thing and and where they are at this point in the season would be different if Herbert, you know, we were looking at him and it was like, oh, you know, it kind of looks like Josh Allen out there or something. Right. Um, You know, if he looked like that, it would be like, okay, you know, I understand why the team's two and six, but they're two and six because of everything else except the offense and except their rookie quarterback. So right. that's that that's just uh, you know kind of inexcusable when it comes to it. Um, Steichen is a you know in season head coach or interim head coach, and then you know you see where he goes. That would be interesting. Don't think they actually uh, end up pulling the plug on that. Uh, but it would be cool to see <laughs> with the Chargers luck. It would be firing Lynn and then uh, Bradley would become the interim. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, that would be what would happen with our luck. So um, I, I would be down for it. Frankly, I don't think it would be crazy for Pep Hamilton to, to be the interim head coach. Um, you know, just anyone who knows what they're doing should be the head coach. So, uh yeah, I, I would be totally fine to see a Steichen promotion at this point. I'm not opposed to it, but if because you know Steichen's will be a mid-season rookie, you know, head coach if it happens. And again, I don't, I don't really think it happens. But if it did happen, um, does Bradley stay on as defensive coordinator? Because Steichen's just like, well, I'm a rookie head coach, and I might as well just let Bradley stay on. And I don't, that's not really a Steichen decision, I would assume, but I mean, some sort of continuity or some sort of veteran coaching kind of leadership thing. Do you think, or do you think they just fired Lynn and Bradley and Stewart and Badgley and I, yeah. neighbors? I think, <laughs> you had I, to throw that last one in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I honestly think if they fire someone, and it's gonna be Lynn. I don't think they would fire a coordinator, and I actually think what would happen is Bradley would become the interim head coach, um, oh, just because of his veteran experience. He's been a head coach before. Uh, I totally think that that's what would happen, even though it's it's become clear that that's not what should happen. But I, I do think it is what would actually end up happening. So that's also part of the reason that I'm not pro-firing Lynn right now because if we do and then Bradley's the head coach and then everyone wants much to just, worse. you know put a screwdriver in their fucking ear and end it um so yeah it's it's uh it's a mess it is a mess the last thing we'll say about this mess this is from Michael Peterson he said the Chargers entered today being the number two total offense in the league in terms of yards per game averaging 417 Today, they had 440 yards against the Las Vegas Raiders and lost. So it is pretty clear that something 
needs to change. And, uh, you know, whether it's Shane Steichen being promoted, I, I have, I haven't looked a ton into like head coaches of the future. I know everybody kind of wants Eric B Uh, well, you know, there is that thing that, uh, Mike Florio tweeted out today about potentially getting compensatory picks. If you develop minority coaches, which we'll have to see if that plays into the decision at all. I personally like Joe Brady a lot as well. Um, but you know, I, I'm going to bring up here. He's not going anywhere because he just aced his first round draft pick, but you know, Tom Telesco has made some decisions this off season that are really costing this team games right now. Uh, you know, you talk about the special teams additions, Derek Watt and Adrian Phillips and, and you know, Nick Nazubnar were not expensive. They were very cheap and easily could have been resigned. You know, if those three are on this team, they probably are not two and four. And then I know everybody likes Joshua Kelly, the person, and, and I'm a big fan of him as well. I, I like his energy and, you know, I, I like him as an individual, but his play on the field has been really bad and they had the chance to draft, you know, several offensive tackles in, in his place. They had the chance to draft a, a guy like Troy pride at corner or Bryce hall at corner. And, you know, Joshua Kelly has been surpassed by an undrafted free agent who's been on seven teams in Charmaine Pope. And then this week he was, re- he was replaced by Kalen Balazs. So Tom Telesco is not blameless in this situation to me. And I know that he aced the Justin Herbert pick. You know, so many of us were not optimistic about that decision, but you know, I think a lot of people need to start talking about, you know, Tom Telesco's job security as well. That's such a tough yeah. one because well, obviously he'll, he'll stay around for the Herbert pick no matter what. Even right. if he didn't even want the guy, the fact that you know he's developed so well, he'll stick around for a couple of years. The Kelly pick, yeah, that's a real tough one. I don't. I mean, you said Troy Pride was available. You guys scouted a lot more than I did. All I did was look at some quarterbacks, so I I couldn't really say you know how the draft went. But that's that's hard to pin so much of it on him. I mean, technically he had Balaga. We all thought Pipkins was going to be some sort of great you know, developing yeah. tackle with James Campen that clearly hasn't happened, you know, traded for Turner, you know, I, but I, I was worried, worried about depth than anything, but even then, like I, I tweeted, you know, at the line, if it was all just depth players and it sounded like storm Norton was going to be a good swing tackle. Where has that been? You know, <laughs> Forrest lamp when he wasn't the starter, you know, would have been a great depth piece. You know, Questenberry was going to be some sort of good depth piece. Um, I definitely don't think he anticipated Casey Hayward regressing so quickly um, because it's been almost a cliff at this point, which is a little sad. Um, Derwin James getting hurt, maybe should have anticipated that. But again, he had, he had, I mean, he had King. That's not really a strong safety. We didn't even know what a King's role was going to be. I, I really still don't know. So, I mean, I don't, I don't put as much blame on him, but it's clear in hindsight that yeah, developing yeah. draft pick, developing lineman or a corner, which I'm shocked he didn't take any kind of corner. Uh, it's biting them in the ass right now. I mean, we all thought the Joshua Kelly pick was bad at the time, and it's, you know, after week one, we were like, well, and now we're like, oh, <laughs> well, nope, it, it, it was, <laughs> it, it was, uh, it was pretty bad. Uh, so that's, uh, it, it, it's just tough. Um, you know, you mentioned the Trey Pipkins seemingly miss as well. Um, I think no matter what, as, as Tyler said, because of Herbert, he'll be back. Um, anytime you right. ace a quarterback pick like he has, He's going to be the guy who hires the next head coach. Um, honestly, I think, yeah, if there's one thing to pin the blame on him, it was kind of running this defense back um, and not really making a ton of improvements to it. 
uh, in the offseason. I mean, they got Linval Joseph, but other than him, I guess Harris has been hurt. Um, they didn't really change up a lot on defense, and Pacey Hayward, you know, you, you hope he has a great year, but Hayward has always been, uh, you know, a potential candidate for that quarterback, you know, 30-year-old Cliff, you know, and he hit it this year, so that's unlucky, but I mean, there was also some degree of foresight that that could happen. Uh, so uh, I, I don't think that that's, you know, as you said, I don't think Telesco is totally blameless in that. Um, you know, they, they tried to uh, beef it up with some free agent additions, but I agree that at, at this point, you know, it's become clear they probably should have done uh, a little bit more. Um, but the guy they drafted in the first round to be a linebacker, is benched today so does not um, help that does not you help know either. that 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 doesn't help so i definitely think telesco uh you know is, is not blameless but it you know <laughs> we all thought kenneth murray was a stud for a couple weeks yeah and you know he then hayward hit a wall then you know if the only thing that i think i would really pin on telesco is not uh, beefing up the secondary following the Derwin James injury. Um, I think they could have brought in someone like Jalen Watkins, someone um, maybe that, you know, <laughs> allows Rayshon Jenkins to play less. Um, <laughs> but I, I really think that that's most of what he could have done defensively this season. Um, you know, the only thing that you really look at is like the Balaga and Turner signings look not so good in retrospect, but you can't really guess injuries, I guess. Uh, I mean, at this point, I guess they had had injuries previously, but it's not something I, you know, you, you kind of take a gamble on, see if it works. But uh, the free agent signings haven't quite panned out like expected. And, you know, they, they kind of ran back the uh, secondary without Derwin James in the last year. So those are the only things I can really pin on Telesco, but they are definitely uh, things... Yeah, and I'm not saying that that you know he deserves to be fired. I'm just saying he's not blameless in this mess because sure. you know Jalen Watkins was sitting there and and they finally signed him and I'm you know I'm excited to watch him play, but you know they could have signed him a long time ago and I would have preferred to bring him back over Jaleel Odai. I would have preferred him to bring bring back a really long time ago because I thought that he you know he was a very good piece for this team last year. And I know everybody's kind of disappointed in Trey Turner and Brian Balaga and, and how they've worked out. I think Trey Turner will be back next week, so we'll have to see. But Trey Turner missed like four games before this year, and he was still a very young player. Like, there was no way that anyone had any kind of, you know, foresight in predicting that this could have happened, that this groin injury could could have turned into a six-week absence. And, you know, Brian Balaga, he's missed games every single year. He's played 16 games once in his career. So, like that's fine. You take that chance of, of getting a, a, you know, a huge upgrade at right tackle, but what's not okay is banking on development from Sam Tevy and Trey Pipkins. And then you sign an XFL player and Sam Tevy has done, you know, a tremendous job improving. And I think that's fine, but you know, you can't sign an above 30 year old right tackle who has an injury history and then not also beef up the depth behind him. And that's where this team is at right now. You know, Storm Norton was inactive. He's been hurt. He's been in and out of the lineup too. If he's healthy, I think he should play over Trey Pipkins because I, I can't imagine that Brian Bullock is playing again next week. And, you know, that's just where they're at. When it happened, he looked like he hit he got he looked like he got hit by a train, man. Like as soon as I saw him down, I knew he was done for the game. And I, you know, credit to him. He was trying to get back in. 
but if Trey Pipkins is starting right tackle again next week, uh, I'm not going to be happy about that. Um, yeah, it, it's just uh, it's a tough situation because obviously Belaga was really trying to play with you know through a back injury, which you know more than any position in football, as I've mentioned, you know it's it's just tough to do that you know, when you're trying to maintain leverage on the offensive line, right? It's one thing for Mike Williams to play through back issue. It's another thing for Brian Balaga to try to do it. So, you know, you hope next week Trey Turner doesn't somehow aggravate his injury, which with the Chargers uh, luck, that seems to be where we're projected to be headed. Uh, So, you know, it's just tough. And we talk about the free agent acquisitions not quite panning out, but uh, other than Balaga, I don't know if there's someone uh, something that you could have really foreseen happening, uh, and yeah, so they just you know should I totally agree that through the draft uh, and potentially as a depth free agent they should have gotten something uh, to try to beef it up to not depend on uh, Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton as the backups if Balaga does go down. So that that definitely is where Telesco should have done better. So. Kind of ending on a positive note, and then we'll do some uh, some final takeaways if you guys want. I'm not even going to even mention game ball because no one deserves that shit. Um, so Michael Peterson, again, you know, he tweeted this out. Justin Herbert is on pace to finish the season with 4,500 and excuse me, 40, 4,598 passing yards, if I can speak, 36 touchdowns and 11 interceptions in five games. So if there is one positive today, you know, outside of the Kalen Balazs in the running game, I think it's Justin Herbert again. <laughs> I'm getting really tired of like focusing on only Justin Herbert being the only positive of this team. But hey, man, I'm going to continue to sing his praise. I'm going to vote 100 times for a rookie of the week as soon as that <laughs> shit comes out. And, you know, Justin Herbert, man, he just we see him take these little steps every single week. And you know, it was so much fun watching him come to the line, make checks, check into yeah. different plays, you know. Uh, handle the line of scrimmage the way he did today. Still play an incredible game. He threw two interceptions last week. He didn't throw any this week. He bounced back in that regard. He made some good plays with his feet. And, you know, he took what the defense gave him a bunch of times. And I thought Justin Herbert played an excellent, excellent game today. Just a shame that nobody else did. Yeah, uh, I I think it was interesting watching him today because he actually had some opportunities to uh, tuck it and run, but he tried just kind of some you know, uh, passes uh, into the middle of the field, which I thought was interesting. Um, and, and that's an interesting thing to talk about because he, you know, obviously keeps taking these big hits uh, in games. Yeah. And for a minute, you know, on that uh, touchdown to neighbors, it was just like, you know, if, if he's down, you know, this team is, yeah. is just fucked in terms of hope for the rest of the season right you know herbert is is the one thing that's really been good about the team uh so uh, in, in carrying the offense and um as much as i, I like tyrod uh, tyrod can't be the quarterback when it's a team that has to score 30 points a week uh yes. to stay in games so right. um it's good that he was you know he's going to be healthy he's going to be um okay uh you know, the only thing that maybe I look at going forward when it comes to Herbert is uh, getting him to uh, run it a little bit more and slide down and also maybe just deciding to take the sack and try instead of trying to uh, make something happen if it's not there. Because, um, I mean, we all know, I mean, the reality is this offensive line isn't isn't getting much better until the offseason uh, and it's just in the state it's in. So, 
uh, it, you know, you just kind of have to adjust to taking hits and taking sacks if you're Herbert, unfortunately. Yeah, and I was I was happy to see. Honestly, truly, I was happy to see him run with the football, even taking the hits. Like, obviously, you don't want him to take the hits, but at least someone on this team is fired up. Someone on this team is trying to inspire the rest of their teammates. And yeah, he's taking shots, you know, but he's also fighting his tail off. I, I thought he, I think, was he short on one, but I really thought he had it. His butt was down or something, but he's fighting so hard for it. And he, it's just a bummer that you can't see that from the rest of the team or a lot of other teammates. One of the things that I love that Steven pointed out in his Justin Herbert breakdown is before he would, you know, if there was an opportunity to run, uh, maybe get a couple of yards instead of looking downfield, he would take it, get three yards or whatever. But instead, you know, he's trying to keep his eyes downfield because there were times where he probably could have run for eight, eight yards, but he's trying to get that 10-yard pass. He's trying to get that 12-yard pass. And I think that's just so great. Um, I don't know how much he's been changing plays before, but it looked like today was way more than usual. Um, I think there was one for sure where he checked into a, he at least checked into a run or something that went to the right and got positive yards. So, you know, great, great seeing him do that. I, I, another odd kind of slow first quarter start for him where he picked, but then he picks it up, you know, to end the half and then to finish out the rest of the game. But yeah, I mean, I wish I could find other positives on this team. The only other positives are people that are receiving the ball um, from Justin Herbert, like Keenan Allen, although he kind of disappeared in that second half. Um, but Allen, I mean, Allen looked great. Okay, that's it. Yeah, Herbert and Allen look great. <laughs> that's it. I mean, I, th- I think overall the run offense looked good. I just, I got to look at, I haven't watched the tape, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Caleb Herbert, Bellage. Allen, and Bellage. What a big three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually excited about Bellage, man. He ran hard and he showed some good elusiveness and, and physicality that we haven't really seen out of other guys. Um, Keenan Allen, I believe, is now one reception short of uh, moving into second place. I think he needed 10 to get there today, and, I th- and he had nine. So I'm pretty sure that um, it puts him in a tie with Charlie Joyner, right? Anyways, so, guys, any other thoughts before we wrap up today? Burn it! Burn it. <laughs> Alex, what about you, man? Um... No, don't have too many other thoughts to to really think about. I'm not quite, not quite as demoralized as Tyler is. Tyler seems very demoralized today. Um, but yeah, it, it, tough loss. Uh, I, I don't think it feels quite as bad as the last few. But at this point, I don't know. They're two and six. You know, do we want to start a tank for a cornerback Ugh. or Sewell movement? I'm not against it. I know Stephen hates tanking, but at this point they're two and six. So two and six is two and six. So I I don't know, but uh, they're you know I want to see Herbert obviously play uh, every week and uh, you know get closer to that rookie of the year award, even if that rookie of the year award might be with a two and fourteen team. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> but um, that's really the only glimmer of hope in this season is Herbert and Allen uh, and the running game uh, that's it's the only glimmer of hope unless maybe Boza comes back and you know kickstarts the defensive line again but that's really where we're at so I love Justin Herbert and I hate everything else about the team yes absolutely so yeah this this is gonna be so annoying man you know 5 and 11 might honestly be like their best case scenario right now which just really pisses me off I, I can't believe like that we're having these same discussions that we were last year of do we tank for whatever? Do we do we just lose <laughs> out? Like this was supposed to be different. It was supposed to be. Uh, I think after the Titans game last year was the point where I was like, yeah, maybe we should tank. 
and after the Broncos game last week was also my point of, yeah, yeah maybe we should tank. <laughs> and it was two and five each time. So yeah. um, that's just where we're at. And they're two and six. You know, even even if you beat the Dolphins, who look like a much better team than the Chargers yeah. uh, right now, even if you beat them and the Jets, you're at four and six, and you're not really making too many moves into the playoff picture at that point. Uh, so I'd love to see Herbert will this team forward, but um, it's disappointing to see him pour so much in every game to get so little. I would love to see them finish winning. I don't care what record they end up with. They need to try to turn this franchise around. And I know this, like, there is that feeling of being a Chargers fan that the team's going to blow it in the end. And I know that as someone who is a season ticket holder who would sit at Qualcomm. And if I'm being completely honest with you and with the fans, because I am one who sat with you guys, we would get very quiet at certain moments in games because we knew that the team was going to blow it at some point. Now, unfortunately, I became a season ticket holder in the Mike McCoy era, so I got to watch a lot of shit. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so I spent a lot of money to watch a lot of shit. So I get it that people were like, oh, God, here we go again. But we, the fans need this. The team needs this. They need to turn it around. I don't care if they – like a win today – but in like four weeks would have meant a lot to the franchise, even with a losing record, you know, find a way to win, reverse the curse or get blown out or geez or something else that's different than these heartbreaking losses. But, you know, the, I mean, the fans, I think it was against, you know, Denver, it was like the first quarter or like midway through the second quarter and Chargers fans are like, Oh, we're going to blow the lead again and we're going to lose. It's like, come on guys, it's the second quarter and we're already giving up. You know, this is the culture that not only the, the team has started to, make which is disgusting but that the fans are starting to feel that way too and yeah. even i'll try to hold into some positivity but even i can't help but think that you know as soon as badly missed that field goal it's like oh and i know how they're going to lose and i know how many points they're going to lose by and it sucks so as a fan as a team they need to find a way to reverse the curse because they need they need something they, they need something they need to turn it around so i'm not up for tanking i'm really not if they go eight they won't go eight and eight but if they went eight and eight and they went, you know, five and eleven. I don't care. Win some games. Try to turn this franchise around because currently they're they're just it's a it's a losing culture. Sadly, I know that the the, the the coaches want more. The players probably want more. I would assume they want more, but it's a losing culture, and they they just need to win. And I need this as a fan. And we, the three of us need this. I mean, just how how much does it suck just getting on Zoom today just to talk to each other about a game that we watched for the you know fifth, sixth, seventh week in a row where they lost like this? Like it's just. We all need this. So I'm not up for tanking. I don't like that feeling. I know Steven hates that feeling. Alex loves that feeling of tanking because, by golly, he's done it since, like, week three of fantasy football. <laughs> so I, Steven, had to put, Steven had to put Joe Flacco as my starter. <laughs> yeah, well, I was playing against – I'm playing against Alex in our fantasy league, man, and I'm, I'm sitting at his – I'm staring at his lineup, and he has Michael Thomas on his bench still, and, like, I was like, this – this guy doesn't even get like he doesn't even have a full roster, and so I was like, just for my own sanity, I was like, I'm not going up against a guy who doesn't have four players in his lineup. So, I, and Joe Flacco was the only player available that that hadn't started his game yet, so I made the switch. But no, Tyler, I think you're spot on, man. And like I was talking with with my wife Brooke today, and I was like, you know, I almost would if I was like the Chargers, I would almost go into this game and like let the Raiders score and then like come from behind. And that's like yeah. that's what it seemed like they were doing, man. Like Devontae <laughs> Booker had the easiest touchdown of his career, and uh, I don't know. You're right, man. I, I just, 
I can't handle another. I can't handle a four and twelve season. Like this team gets an upgrade at quarterback, and they're going to get worse. Like at minimum, you have to beat the Jets. At minimum, you have to beat the Broncos. Like you, you can't, you can't lose the rest of their games, man. Like this is just it's an unacceptable feeling right now. And you know, I'm going to get tons of questions of like, should we tank for Penesol? I'm going to say no because I hate tanking. And you know, then again. Alex is in, a, is in a much better mental state than I am right now because of his days as a Philadelphia 76ers fan and and you know he's been down this road. So maybe I guess Oh, I this should... is nothing compared to those days. I mean, <laughs> dude, 2 and 6 compared to 10 and 72, I mean, it's 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 very different. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just frustrating and obviously we're we're hopeful that you guys continue to to listen to our show and support us. We're we're so grateful for that even though the Chargers are losing. Um, but just for our own sanity, I would like to have some wins come down the road. If I'm going to pump in 20 hours a week to, <laughs> to watching this team and watching film and stuff, it would be nice if they won, won some games. I want to officially make a declaration. If this team loses to the Jets, we're not recording a podcast. <laughs> we're not recording a podcast. I'll do it solo and drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink alcohol if they lose to the Jets. <laughs> I might I might get close to that edge, man. Oh god. You're gonna have a Mormon and a guy who can't drink alcohol because he's allergic to it drinking on the podcast. That's how bad that loss is. <laughs> that is what it's like to be a Chargers fan in 2020, man. Well, all right guys, unless you have any other thoughts, I think that'll be uh that'll be good for today. That's all I got. That's all I got. Alright, sounds good. Thanks for your time, guys. Thanks for listening to us, and uh we'll see you guys next time. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com